Welcome to the Patrick Henry Podcast. This is John Hulsman reporting in as I do regularly with this podcast on the foibles and failings of the world's international elite that need to be brought to your attention and that can escape it in the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the WHO, which I've hesitated to do because it's almost too easy a target to go after. And yet I've learned that if, uh, to quote the great adage, all it takes for evil to succeed in the world is for enough good men to do nothing. And the WHO has done nothing. And evil has indeed triumphed in China covering up uh, the extent and origins of the virus and then allowing it wickedly to be transferred to the rest of the world when they shut down and locked down Wuhan, largely suspended internal flights and yet kept external flights going in the critical month of January 2020. Between January and spring of 2020, over 761,000 people flew from China to the United States and over a million flew to Japan. All the while, China locked things down. In other words, Xi Jinping said, if we're going to take a hit, the rest of the world is going to take a hit. If we are going to have geopolitical suffering and geoeconomic dislocation, the rest of the world is going to have that. With the mask off, we can see then that China is a revolutionary power, is determined to dominate the world. And this didn't happen in a vacuum. The World Health Organization, the WHO, played an unwitting Robin to China's evil Batman and facilitated the spread of the virus by agreeing with China, taking China's side at every turn of this crisis. And I really want to alert you to a piece we have coming out today for Rosa and Rubini, our partner, um, which is a timeline that we've been working on for weeks and weeks and weeks of how COVID spread. Ahead of the CIA reports, which may be issued next week for the Biden administration, which I think will be mush, we used open source material over the last three weeks and went through bit by bit by bit, really resurrecting a timeline of what happened in the critical months of December 2019 January, February 2020, as to how the virus got out of control. And I've spoken at length about China's utter involvement and utter culpability in the spread. But today I want to look at Robin. Too often those on the left, particularly Wilsonians, when they think of an international organization, inherently they say, this is a good thing, this is the will of the international community, and this should be furthered going forward. I have a more realist view, a more agnostic view of international organizations. If they further American interests, I'm in favor of them. If they impede American interests or Western interests, more broadly, I'm against them. And the WHO is a great example of an institution that, oddly enough, Donald Trump got right. There is no way the American taxpayer should be funding dolts who allowed the virus to escape to the rest of the world. And indeed, that's what the Biden administration is doing. And this is nonsensical. I strongly urge you today when it comes out to read the Rosa Rabini piece detailing day by day by day what happened that led to this virus's spread. It's one of the most important things I've ever written. But to get there, let's look at Robin's aspect of this, the WHO's involvement. Um, to quote John Adams, facts are stubborn things, and this cover-up will fail because in the end, cover-ups do fail because facts have a way of getting out there. And this is what's happened with the WHO. There's a wonderful Times of London article detailing its failings. Again, I'd strongly recommend our piece, which gives a broader account day by day of what happened 
in this process of cover-up and spread. But I just want to point out a, a few key facts to back up my point that it, the WHO is indeed an abomination. On January 5th, the WHO ordered, uh, advised against establishing a travel ban or travel restrictions of any kind for China, renewing this call on January 9th. Now, why would they do this? Well, first, they took China's word that there was no human-to-human -human transmissibility, no spread of the virus, rather than investigating China and what was going on, which is, after all, the job of the WHO. They simply took their word for it. And now I'm going to ask the most important question you can ask in political risk, or indeed in anything. Why? Why would they do this? The WHO has been stacked with pro-Chinese lackeys, from Dr. Tedros, who runs it, a former Ethiopian foreign minister of a particularly bloodthirsty regime that had close ties to China, who China engineered his election to head the WHO. After the humiliation of China being caught by the WHO under Ms. Brundtland, who managed to point out all the mistakes they'd made and humiliated China over SARS early in the century, China, rather than learning the lesson, learned the authoritarian lesson. It's not, do we not do a cover-up? It's that, who, how do we get people in place who, who will facilitate our next cover-up? And that's indeed what happened here. With Dr. Tedros and a bunch of lackeys in charge with pro-Chinese leanings, is it any wonder that on both the 5th and the 9th, the WHO advises against any travel ban or trade restrictions on China? These, after all, would be devastating to China's export-driven economy. And so, like the good lackeys they are, the, the WHO took China's word for it, rather than investigating the causes of the virus, which after all was their job. On January 10th, the WHO parroted the Chinese line, saying that there seems to be no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the virus. Again, rather than look at the facts or question any of these assertions, they merely took the propaganda points and parroted them back, serving as a useful idiot for China's cover-up. Finally, on January 21st, after brave Chinese scientists released, despite tremendous pressure, the genome sequence of COVID-19, showing that indeed human-to-human -human transmissibility was part of the deal, China had to come clean, and a day later, it took a whole day, the WHO finally confirmed human-to-human -human transmissibility on the 21st of January, weeks too late. Weeks too late. Their incuriosity is curious. Finally, they agree that there's human-to-human -human transmissibility on January 21st, 2020. However, this didn't stop them from continuing to carry water for the Chinese, on January 30th, the WHO declared a public health emergency in China, which should have triggered some sort of lockdown internationally. Only it didn't. Although the health emergency was declared, the WHO refused to recognize any limits on trade to China or a movement to or from China. So what they're saying, in essence, is there's a public health emergency, but we're not going to do anything practical about it because that might hurt our sponsors, the Chinese. I think this is the most damning evidence of the collusion of the WHO in China's cover-up that there could possibly be. Even when the facts force them after covering up and parroting the Chinese line to admit human-to-human -human transmissibility, even when they're forced to say there's a public health emergency, the Chinese manage to convince the WHO not to have there be any sanction that will hurt them economically in any way.
And this is very important because many other outside governments took their cue, as they should have, from what this international institution is supposed to do, which is investigate pandemics. So they go in to investigate and they say, first, yeah, there's no evidence of human-to-human -human transmissibility. Second, okay, there's evidence. Third, okay, grudgingly we admit there's a public health emergency, but there should be no limits on anything that China does extraordinary that anyone would want to fund these guys in the future, that somehow the U.S. has rejoined the WHO, resumed funding of people who are so obviously criminally culpable in the spread of COVID to the rest of the world. These are facts, and facts, as John Adams said, are stubborn things. But it doesn't end here, the WHO's culpability. In February 2021, when the WHO finally gets around to investigating the origins of the virus, the Chinese demand a hand-picked WHO team to come in where half the members were China delegates themselves. The other half are hand-picked by the Chinese. They finally visit Wuhan looking at the COVID origins issue, um, and they receive absolutely no help from the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which withholds significant lab records and data. Can you imagine this? They come in and they say, okay, can we see the origins of COVID? You have the lab records and data. Could we have a look at it? They're told no. And they say, okay, that's fine. No investigation occurs. Again, I'm curious about their incuriosity. They go along with this. But it goes further than this. The Chinese only agree in the final report to mention the lab leak theory, which is overwhelmingly the likelihood of what happened. And again, if you read our Rosa Rubini piece, this will be made very clear. The lab leak theory and the cover-up that followed are what happened here. The Chinese say in February 2021 to the WHO, you can only mention the lab leak theory if you say we think it highly unlikely and it merits no further investigation as a hypothesis. And the WHO says, you want to guess? Yes. This was a farce. This was a joke. The WHO, yet again, didn't bother investigating. Merely, they went through the motions, giving China a useful fiction that there's been an investigation and no further investigation is needed. This is collusion, and the WHO should be utterly defunded for allowing the transmissibility of the virus to the rest of the world and then covering it up. And indeed, in July of this year, this is what the Chinese government have said, now facing a mountain of evidence released by people like me as to what happened, the Chinese government say, well, we're not going to let you come again. You've already been to Wuhan. We've already been through the lab leak theory. And you, WHO, already said it's not to be followed up. No amount of backtracking will make the WHO anything other than China's useful idiot. And this is indeed the problem. International institutions, like any institutions, are neither good nor bad. It's the purpose they're put to that matters, as any realist worth his salt would know. The WHO should not constrain the rest of us looking at what happened. Freedom and liberty to investigate are vital. The WHO has proven itself comically incapable 
of investigating, merely parroting Chinese talking points, then grudgingly admitting those talking points were wrong, but there should be no economic sanction. And while they did nothing, 761,000 Chinese people or Americans flew from China to the United States, and a million flew to Japan, getting the rest of the world sick due to their incuriosity. Then further, they participated in a shameful farce of an investigation that led China get away indirectly with the murder of 4.2 million people. This is not a group that should be funded. This is a group that should be sanctioned for the rest of their lives for what they did. If liberty is to be sustained, as Patrick Henry said, investigations and open, transparent government are what matters. China's government was never going to be open or transparent. That's why the WHO was needed to investigate. That is entirely the purpose of this international institution, which has failed utterly in its job, restricting the liberty of the rest of us to know how we got sick. Rather than the WHO being funded, as President Biden has done, perhaps oddly enough, President Trump, the disruptor, had it right on this point. The WHO should be defunded and not listened to ever again. Thank you so much for listening to the Patrick Henry podcast. For those of you who liked what we have to say here or liked our Around the World 20 Minutes podcast, our serialization of my books, and the various articles we're putting out almost daily now on Substack, which is becoming my obsession, please do indeed subscribe. We're honored that so many of you have led this boom to look, take John's newsletter seriously, signing on board the work we do, and us working together is a great honor for me. I am spending more and more effort doing this because I think this is the future of journalism. But I would say one more thing. For those of you who have subscribed for free, if you really like this, we're going to move a lot of the podcast content onto paid subscriptions. For the price of a Starbucks a month, that's all this is, if you look at the subscription amounts for a Starbucks a month, you can get this for time immemorial. We would love to work with you in the future, but you have to pay for this form of journalism to a minimal extent. The price of a Starbucks is all we're asking. Thank you very much, but I think our liberty and talking about it once a week is worth it. Thanks very much.